When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. not home as much as I used to be. I have to go to fashion week and I have to go to the trade shows. We're here shopping for my boutique to try to get some different brands and things for the store. I have appearances. I have red carpets. And if it were up to him, I would just cook and clean. I'll be here at four with your dinner. Maybe we grow apart. It's just life. It's All right, okay. So we're growing apart. No, Maybe we are. Maybe we are. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real Housewives of New Jersey. We're going to be talking about this week's episode. We're also going to be talking about this week's Real Housewives of Dallas. And then after all of our Bravo stuff, I have an interview with Tia Mari, who, of course, I grew up with the show on Sister, Sister. Oh, I love Sister, Sister, you guys. And she's on a show on Netflix called Family Reunion. It's in its third season now. Just dropped. And the third season has an episode with a bunch of housewives. There's an episode with Kenya Moore, Brandy Glanville, and Candace Dillard from The Real Houses of Potomac. They're all in one episode. It's fantastic. But Tia's honestly like a sitcom legend. Not just Sister Sister, but also The Game and now this family reunion. So I really think the chat is fantastic. I hope you guys will stick around. I asked her about the Sister Sister reboot. We even talked about Mistletones, which is a holiday film. Those of you who know Mistletones, you're nodding along. And I know you're excited that we talk a little Mistletones. So I hope you guys will stick around. I'll put the timestamp in the episode description if you just just want to skip ahead to that. But before that interview, we got to talk about all this Bravo stuff. So in the news of the Bravo world, Andy just announced that he's hosting the Keeping Up with the Kardashians reunion on E! So if you guys are following, this season is the last season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians on E! Now they have announced they're doing a deal with, I believe it's Hulu, and they've been very cagey about the details. I believe in my gut that the show will basically just migrate over to Hulu, so I don't think it's going to be much of a different show. I think it'll just be the same show on Hulu. I don't know if they couldn't work out their contracts or if they just wanted to try a new network or something, but I, I think the show is basically going to be the same. But they are hyping up this last season on E! 
I mean, they're hyping it up, but like this last week on the show, they did an obstacle course. So it's like not much going on. <laughs> I mean, it was like an obstacle course, but you know what? That's what the Kardashians, it's a different paced show than our Bravo world. And I'm excited for Andy to host a reunion because he's going to be covering the whole show. And you know what? No one does a reunion better than Andy. Honestly, at this point, I expect him to be showing up at my class reunion because when I hear the word reunion, I expect Andy to pop in and no one does it better. He's good at it. So, you know, also in the Kardashian world, there was a picture of Chloe that was released. Uh, it was allegedly that the grandma posted this picture of Chloe by the pool and they've been trying to get this picture scrubbed from the internet. And a lot of people have been very critical saying, you know, she looks beautiful in the photo. Why is she trying to get it removed? Why is this family trying to get the uh, photo removed, allegedly? Now, I this might be a little controversial. I got some hot takes on this episode. I sort of understand Chloe. I mean, look, if there's a picture out there, uh, you know, that you don't want up, I understand wanting to get it removed. And if you have the power, I'm not saying it's right. And she looks stunning in the photo. I wish that we could all just embrace our flaws at this point. But I do sort of understand the instinct to want to get it removed. Now, I don't have the power. If somebody posts a photo of me, I don't have no lawyers to be getting involved in getting the photo removed from people's social media. So if there's a flop photo of me flying around, you know what? I'm just going to have to deal with it. But I wonder if I had the power, you know, I might want to get something removed. I don't know. There's a When you Google me, there's a picture of Tom Schwartz that shows up. So I'd like to get that removed. I don't know how I get my lawyers on the line to get that done. But, you know, I love, I love Schwartz, but I don't need that photo to be the first one that pops up when you Google my name. You know, I get it. I get it. So I sort of understand, Chloe. Sort of get it. What else is going on? Oh, it was just revealed that Sutton on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills... It was revealed by Hollywood Life, I believe. The website said that Sutton is getting a diamond. So we don't have confirmation. The trailer has not been released yet as of this recording. I do believe it's coming very soon. I think it was supposed to come this week. And now people are saying the blogs are saying next week. But this blog did confirm that Sutton holds a diamond. And I feel good about that. I wanted Sutton to hold a diamond because I love Sutton. So I feel very... Very happy, very optimistic. You know, I'm one of the few people who liked last season of Beverly Hills Housewives. I thought it was a good season. I didn't love the treatment of Denise, the Denise of it all. Uh, her and Big Dick Aaron got scared off the show, you know, never to be seen again. I don't believe we'll ever see Big Dick Aaron again. I don't think so. Not on any TV program, not just on Bravo. I don't think he's going to appear anywhere. Big Dick Aaron just turned to dust when that they left that program because he's just not showing up anywhere. And Denise, I don't know. You know, I know I saw online she was filming some Victoria thing where she was wearing a Victorian costume. You know, she's in some very interesting movies. I saw this one where it was like a casino plane movie. I saw it online. It was with Kelsey Grammer and Denise is in it. Inexplicably. I think it was produced maybe by Randall, Lala's husband. I'm not sure, unclear, but she, it was a casino plane. And I'm like, what's Denise doing in a casino plane? You know, Denise used to be one of the greatest actors of our time, and now she's doing a movie about a casino plane and Kelsey Grammer. Justice for Denise, let's get her in a big budget picture. You know, I saw her in that Victorian dress, and I was thinking, let's get her on Bridgerton. How do, how would we make that happen? Shonda Rhimes, give us a call. I got some ideas for Denise on Bridgerton. You know, they're losing that guy on Bridgerton. The hot guy's not returning. That hot guy's not... The only reason people like Bridgerton was because this hot guy, they showed his his uh, tip of his ass crack in a couple episodes, and everyone was horny and wet over it, and now he's not even returning for season two. I can't even believe that. With Netflix money, they didn't just throw him a bunch of money to take off his bottoms and show it to the camera another season. I mean, that's the whole reason everyone was watching it. And now this hot man's not to be seen again. 
What's he going to do? I know he was up for James Bond or something. James Bond better get him to take off his bottoms because that's what we tuned into Bridgerton for. Okay. And that's what we love this man. He's gorgeous and I'm sure he's very talented. But what are they going to do? To me, the only answer would be to throw Denise into Bridgerton. And maybe even Big Dick Aaron could be an extra, you know, on the soap opera. I think Big Dick Aaron filled in for like the COVID mannequin. Do you guys know this? On the soap operas, they had to film with mannequins, you know, because they had the COVID protocols. But I believe that Big Dick Aaron's uh, subbed in for the mannequin so Denise could do her scenes with him. So I don't know. Maybe we could get Big Dick Aaron over there, Bridgerton. I don't know spitball in here. Uh, but the point is Sutton's got a diamond and I'm excited for, I can't wait for this upcoming season of Beverly Hills. I need something new. You guys, I hate to come on here and sound pessimistic about our shows, but this week was a bit to me. I understand what they're all going through production. What a nightmare to have to film in COVID and all of this stuff. And a lot of the other networks, they just decided not to do new shows, but Bravo, they got to work for us. The audience got to work for us and they've really they, uh, I'm thankful to them for that. But this week in particular, I was like, "What? this was sort of a flop week. And here's the thing on New Jersey. Let's just hop into New Jersey. So last week, I think, was a high point for New Jersey. We had that epic fight of Joe, Melissa, and Teresa. Joe was, you know, screaming, you know, he was slamming the table. You know, he sounded like, no, no. And uh, Melissa even got involved. She flipped the cheese. She flipped the cheese, and then she went and she cleaned up the cheese, too, right away. She, I, I understood Melissa. That was the first time in a while that I've really felt for Melissa and loved her so, so much when she went and cleaned up that cheese. Because I love a cheese platter. Nothing better. Nothing better, ladies and gentlemen. And so she knew she flipped it. She had to go clean it up. And it was a great episode. There was also like a Margaret-Jennifer feud going on. Teresa and Jackie made up. It seemed like there was a lot happening. And then this week... I don't know what happened. I mean, this week was all about the Joe and Melissa stuff. So I played that clip at the beginning of the episode, and there's this fight. Joe's mad because Melissa's more independent than when they first got together. And even in that scene, that clip that I played, they were all in the van, and I felt like Margaret and Jackie and the husbands, they were all just like sort of, <laughs> they knew it was a flop. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you go and watch that scene, they were all on their phones. Like, they were like, this isn't even... Do we have to pretend here? I feel like I feel like Margaret was texting a producer and was like, do I have to pretend to get in the game here? Like, do I have to pretend this is a real storyline or do we, um, can I just ignore it? You know, I feel like that's what she was texting. You know, her or, or Jackie was texting Margaret, like, can you believe that we're having to pretend about this? You know what I mean? This is worse than that time Melissa pretended she had a long lost sister. <laughs> Remember that? Remember when her and Joe were going to have the baby, the fake baby? Ah, uh, you guys... This does seem more real than the fake baby. I will be honest with you. This Melissa Joe stuff does feel more honest than the long lost sister that she was searching for that never materialized. I don't know what happened to that young lady or whoever that sibling was that was never to be heard or seen from again. Never really got any uh, clarification on that. It was just a whole season long. We had to sit through Melissa trying to find a sibling and then nothing. Poof. Poof. It went away. Uh, but this does seem more real. And this is going to be a controversial hot take, too. There's a small part of me. I think that Joe's views on marriage are very archaic, outdated, all of that stuff. So that's not what I'm trying to say here. But I do feel that I understand Joe Gorka a little bit. And I come from a big Italian Ohio family. And, you know, it's a little bit more conservative than, you know, I'm in Los Angeles now. Everyone's, it's different. It's different good in good ways and bad ways. But part of me understands Joe Gorga and the fact that 
he got into this relationship under di- different pretenses. So I'm not saying that he should still have this archaic view on marriage. I'm just saying when they got together, their contract, if you will, or their uh, connection was really, it was under different circumstances. So look, I sort of got it. I sort of got it, but it's all fake. And even, even <laughs> that's horrible to say. Maybe it's all real. Who knows? What do I know? I'm just here at a microphone to give my opinion. I'm not saying these opinions are right. But there was a scene later in the episode, like the next morning, where Melissa and Joe, they woke up and Melissa's like, we didn't talk all night. And then Joe goes up to her and he starts to talk to her about it. It's the day of the no-no memorial thing. And Melissa's like, this is not the place to talk about. Let's talk about this. Eno- we have to sit down and talk about it. Let's do it another time. And what I think Melissa was really saying to him in that moment was, let me plan out what I'm going to say to you and we'll do it in a new scene. Right? Like, that's what I was hearing. It's like, okay, Joe, we're going to make this our storyline. So hold on to it. Put a pin in that. <laughs> Put a pin in that, Joe. And we'll schedule a new scene where the two of us sit down, so that way we can drag it out, stretch it out, do what we got to do to make this whole season arc. You know, but it's also silly. And then the prank thing, you guys, the pranking. I'm not watching Punked. Punked got canceled 10 years ago, okay? Ashton's now a businessman. He's not doing Punked no more. I know they rebooted it for Quibi, but we all know how Quibi turned out, okay? So, I'm not saying that uh, it, there's no world for this punk reboot, but it's certainly not on the uh, Bravo network. I mean, here a few weeks ago, we had them in Lake George where Teresa was playing a prank and said Melissa's flirting with some restaurateur or something like that. And then this week, now we're doing a new prank where Joe Gorga's getting texts from Giselle, the realtor. And I knew right off the bat, I knew it. I saw the Frank's face. Frank Sr. was giggling like a schoolgirl. I mean, you would have thought Frank Sr. was on the playground at 12 years old uh, amongst a bunch of 12-year-old young women uh, talking about crushes or something or playing mash on the playground. Didn't it seem that way? I mean, he was giggling like a schoolgirl. I was ready for him to pull out his paper and pen and play mash with Joe Gorka across the table because they were just sitting giggling. So I knew it was a prank. And then when it was revealed that it was a prank, it was just also anticlimactic, you guys. It was just so upsetting to me. It was so upsetting. You know what wasn't upsetting? I want to get, I want to be more optimistic about this episode because, yeah, it was, in my opinion, not great. But there was a high point. And that high point was uh, in the morning, Joe and Evan were stretching together. Did you guys catch this very brief moment? But it was a beautiful sight to see. Stunning, stunning. They were just Evan and Joe Gorgo, who they're both very attractive men. Okay, as much, whatever I feel about Joe Gorga, I honestly think he's very hot. And he's got the salt and pepper beard now. He's a hot man. You guys, we just have to admit that. I know some of us don't want to admit that. I admit that. I'm here to live my truth. Okay? I think he's uh, beautiful. Yes, he's a little shorter. I like a shorter man. I find him attractive. Uh, but him and Evan, Evan's also gorgeous. And there they were stretching. I would have liked a whole hour of that. I didn't need the punked situation. I didn't need all the other stuff. Bells and whistles. Uh, I would have liked to see them just stretching. You know, Teresa's horny too. This whole episode, Tree is hornier than a, I was, I don't know. What's horny? I know Teresa's horny is the point of that story. She's horny and she wants some, she wants to get some sex and I wish they would throw some men at her. I know she's dating that other guy now, but they, why aren't they throwing men at, I mean, maybe because it's COVID or something. Although, I mean, come on, these COVID precautions are taken on this show. 
there was a one point where they went to the restaurant and they were like, you got to sit at two different tables. And I'm like, I don't get it. Even on the reunions, I saw some people talking about this online. I saw a couple different threads. People were saying, why on the reunions do we having them sit so far apart still? When on these shows, we see them sitting at a dinner table so close to each other. If they're tested, why at the reunion then do they suddenly have to be 100 miles apart from each other? You know, that New York reunion, remember when they were all sitting like 100 yards away from each other? I don't believe that Ramona even heard anyone the whole time. They were so far apart. So I'm just saying, maybe we could get them back on the couches. If if this is how it's going to be, let's put them on a couch. Put them on a couch. So, oh, so they do the Nono Memorial, which was heartbreaking to me. Honestly, I can't. When they show the Nono flashbacks, you guys, I just lose it. I cry like a little baby. Because it's so, I don't know, I loved him. He seemed like a nice man. And apparently they were there. You know, Teresa and her brother Joe both believed that the swans were Nono and Nona. They believed that the swans. There was one point where Teresa's like, oh my God, swans! And then she says to Jennifer, like, you know I had doves at my parents' funeral. And Jennifer's like, oh, okay. Like, But first of all, I just have to point out to you guys that they're different animals. Different creatures. It reminded me of Dorinda in The Real Houses of New York when she thought the balloon was the ghost of Richard. And Red Balloon always shows up. Every time I see a red balloon, can't watch the movie up without thinking of Richard. Now I'm going to see swans and I'm going to think about his jersey. Because, I mean, apparently the ghosts took over. I don't know. They took over the... The uh, animals. Um, then Melissa and Joe, they have an au pair shows up. And I don't know why I find it very funny that they called it an au pair. I mean, I, I just, they're Jersey. So I imagine them being like, yeah, the, the babysitter's here. And they're always talking real tough and Italian and Jersey. And then when they said au pair, it just, I don't know, it made me laugh. There was a moment, though, speaking of Joe and Melissa, where Teresa made a joke about Joe finding the right second wife. And I believe that she was being serious. You guys, I don't, you know how I feel. I don't think Teresa likes Melissa, not even in the slightest little bit. Not even in the slightest little bit. So I think she was serious. Anyway, Gia, the kids all show up for this party. Gia gives a speech. Made me sad. There was a a flashback too with Rosie in it. Remember Rosie? I loved Rosie. I loved that woman. Where's she at? I know, uh, let's get her on. Let's get her on. And it makes me sad that, like, the cousins, they're only cousins, the Gorkas, are nowhere to be seen. Kathy and Rosie don't have any relationship with Teresa and Melissa now. I mean, what's the deal there? I feel like there's, I'd like a special, a catch-up special. Can we get a sit-down with Rosie and uh, Kathy? I don't need them to return on the series. I truly don't need them back for good. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying here. But would I like a half an hour sit-down with them at their home? Sure. You know, like an Oprah, Megan, Harry interview, but with uh, Kathy and Rosie and Andy. Let's make it happen, bravo. Just to catch up. I need to know what's happening there. Um, anyway, Gia gives a speech. I cried. Then they all release roses. Joe Gorga says, just squeeze in, everybody. And they all squeeze in in the midst of a pandemic to release roses into the water. And that's the end of the episode. The kids cry. The daughters, daughters, they all cry. I cried for the daughters. I'm glad the daughters have each other. Glad they all got the, the daughters have each other. Um, there was one photo of Nono, too, where he looked like Captain Lee. Did anyone catch that? I was ready for him to, I don't know, give some orders to the crew deck because Nono looked exactly like Captain Lee in that one photo that they kept doing a close-up of. I'm like, did something happen to Cap- Captain Lee? I turned my head for one second, and then I thought we were having a Captain Lee memorial. Like, what happened to him? It's like, oh, no, it's Nono. It's a canvas painting. There was like a lot of canvas painting work. Do you see like Jennifer even brought like a canvas painting for them? And I don't know at what point, like, do you, what do you do with a bunch of canvas paintings of the, of your deceased ones? 
I like just a regular photo. I don't need someone, an oil painting of my dead grandfather. Like, I'm happy to just do a regular photo, you know, blow it up and put that in my office or in my living room. I don't need like a canvas, oil painting, abstract art of a loved one. You know, I understand, I appreciate the sentiment in terms of Jenner for bringing a gift like that. But it seemed to me like they had a lot of cartoon drawings of Nono at this memorial. And I thought, maybe just stick with the photos. They got enough Polaroids. Melissa even said we took a lot of photos. So maybe just stick with those. We don't need everyone just throwing a, uh, you know, a brush to a canvas and then bringing it to the memorial. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, especially because that one, you know, the Captain Lee photo. Ah, oh, Captain Lee, I love that man. One of my favorite men on Bravo, him and Tom Colicchio. You know, those two. Two gems on Bravo. I love them. Love them. All my heart. You know, sometimes I'm tough on the men on these shows. But... I would jump in front of a bus for Tom Colicchio, and that's that. Okay, you guys, that's The Real Houses of New Jersey. Next week, there's a psychic involved. We love when there's a psychic. There's more Melissa and Joe uh, nonsense, and then Jennifer's parents, which I'm finding that fascinating. So, look, it was it was a little bit of a filler week on Jersey, but there's still some good stuff in there. You know, but we got to talk about The Real Houses of Dallas, which didn't have so much good stuff. <laughs> I didn't love Dallas this week, you guys. I'm going to be hard on it for a second. We don't have a lot of thoughts on Dallas, but the show did open with DeAndra somehow apologizing to Brandy, which infuriated me. All the women were somehow thinking that DeAndra needed to apologize to Brandy, even though DeAndra, I don't believe, did anything. She gave an interview, and then they chose a headline out of it. And Brandy's the one who fucked up, okay? So I could believe my eyes and ears when suddenly DeAndra was apologizing and I was yelling at the screen. Also, I was yelling at Bravo because Bravo did the to be continued last week. And then there was no to be continued, really. The whole thing just sort of ended, right? It sort of limped across the finish line. And then that DeAndra apologized inexplicably. And then we ended. They went in that uh, RV on their way to Oklahoma. And I was so upset about it. You know, this season feels like these storylines get introduced and then they just flop out of nowhere. You know, that's my problem right now with Dallas. And I'm sorry, I know people like it. And, you know, I get it. We all like something different. And I just, I I critique because I want the show to be good. You know, that's all. I want it to be good. And it's a little bit frustrating to me. But again, I feel for them because they filmed this in the midst of a pandemic. So there's tough... Tough stuff going on, uh, but they do all head to. And here's another thing I want to say: I've been tough on Brandy. You know, I'm not saying that I think she's the worst person on Bravo, but I am implying it, and I've said that before. But this week, I was thinking something, and I want to just stick up for Brandy for a second. Okay, so everyone, mark your calendars because this ain't going to happen again, and it hasn't happened before. But I do have something to say, and. Brandy, we know in real life has had this baby, and we can see watching the show that she is pregnant. And that's a beautiful thing because she, we know from watching her all these seasons, she didn't think she could get pregnant. You know, that's a good thing. And I do believe, I think I read somewhere, (laughs) isn't that what we all say, Bravo people, we read it somewhere. I think I read it somewhere that she was saying she just didn't, when they were filming, she didn't know she was pregnant. And so in her confessional, we can clearly see that she's pregnant. And then even now in this episode, I felt like when they were at the Oklahoma place, you know, she seemed pregnant. And it could, that's exciting. And I think it's a beautiful storyline, too, that also could be relatable to a lot of people where they feel maybe they didn't realize they were pregnant and they find out late or whatever, what have you. So I think that's all wonderful. However, it's frustrating as a viewer that it's not being addressed. 
So I have mostly an issue with the fact that they're cutting to her confession. We see that she's pregnant, but it hasn't been mentioned not once on this season, I don't believe. we Not in the confessional. I wish she would just say real quickly, like, I was on this vacation. I didn't know I was pregnant, but, you know, it turns out I was. Or just acknowledge it in some capacity, because it almost feels like I'm, I feel like I'm getting crazy. Like, I'm watching this. I'm like, well, she's clearly pregnant, but no one's referencing it. And no one's even, even in the real time when she's in the confessional, we can very clearly see she's pregnant. They're not even ex- explaining it or saying anything about it. And that to me is so strange. And I don't know. So look, I think it could be a great storyline to show and relatable to people. And I think it's something that happens in real life. But I don't understand why we're not addressing it. I feel like the audience, we're all fucking thinking we're crazy because we're looking at it and we're like, is she pregnant? And then no one's talking about it. Not one person. I'm like, what is going on? Am I imagining it? So, yeah, I don't know. That's um, I wish they would address it. I'm sure Brandy wants them to address it, too. Anyway, okay, uh, I still don't care for Brandy, but that's uh, something I wanted to say. Also, what else was going on? We had a Bigfoot expert come in, you guys. A Bigfoot expert. You guys, I was so upset. That Bigfoot. We've been doing a lot of this on the shows where they're camping or they're sitting out by a fire and then we're pretending that somebody's coming, you know, in the woods or something. There's Bigfoot or there's a scary monster. You know, they're all sitting around by the campfire telling stories. And then all of a sudden we get the spooky music. And they're trying to bamboozle us into thinking there's some Loch Ness monster or something fucking showing up. And on Dallas this week, it turns out it's just some Bigfoot expert that Stephanie hired. Now, Stephanie, I don't need her planning any more trips. If this is what she's planning for us, I know. And Cameron even said in her confessional, she's like, there's a lot of strange people showing up with very interesting haircuts. I mean, that's how she put it. I think we all could read between the lines that we know what Cameron was really saying. She was really saying, like, what the fuck is going on on this show? That's what Cameron was saying, because she's like thinking, you know, we had the guy come with the the sideburns, you know, the dangerous shaman or whatever, the hairdresser guy. And then now we got the Bigfoot expert. And Cameron even said, I think it was her, she said, is he from Duck Dynasty? And this is going to be a controversial statement. But if someone looks like they could be coming from the set of Duck Dynasty, I don't want to see him on Bravo. Maybe that makes me look sister or something. I don't know. But I don't need to see them on Bravo, you guys. This is not what we tune into Bravo for, to see a Bigfoot expert. What the fuck is that? And that's what Cameron was saying. What the fuck is going on here in this day? What the fuck? What the fuck? That's what Cameron's saying. She's saying it through the TV. You know, sometimes they can't address the fourth wall. But that's what she's saying to us. She's screaming out loud, saying, somebody save me and this show. That's what she's telling us. She's saying, someone, audience members, reach out to Bravo. Tweet Bravo. Tell Andy, someone fix this show. That's what Cameron's saying, because Cameron, you know, even though sometimes I get frustrated with Cameron, I do believe that she fits the mold of, like, what a housewife is, you know, what we expect from a housewife. And so I think she's shouting out loud. She's screaming from that confessional, saying as much as she can, save us, save me, save this show, because this show needs saving with that Bigfoot expert. You know, I feel bad for that man, too. He showed up, and then Carrie just shouted, like, you have a small dick. Did you hear that? <laughs> what was that? Carrie just... Carrie, I, I I do have to hand it to Carrie. She seemed to make want to make something happen. So she didn't know how to do it. You know, this is only her second season. I think she was thinking in her head, like, we need something to happen. 
I think they were all sitting around that campfire and Carrie was like self-producing the show. She's like, someone's got to do something. So the only thing she could think of was like, you have a small dick or she's called it a pee pee or something to that man. And he was just staring there. He was like, <laughs> didn't, say, didn't say a goddamn word. He just stood there. You guys, I felt bad for that man. He showed up on this TV show to promote his business, which is apparently pretending he knows about Bigfoot. I'm not sure how that's a viable business, but apparently that's what he is. And here he's thinking he's going to get a business boost. And instead he runs in front of the red light and the cast members just tell him he's got a small dick. I mean, I don't think that's up in his business. You know, it's not, it's not in with his brand. So you guys, that's, uh, you know, the, that's what's happening in Dallas. There was a Stephanie Carey moment, but then it just like went to nowhere. It felt like it just fizzled. I, and I think Carrie was kind of trying to get Stephanie riled up, and Stephanie was just like, well, I'm really mad at you. And that Stephanie's so sweet, you guys. Such a, She seems so sweet. But we need something to happen on this show. We just I, I don't even need drama. I know some of you, when I say that, you guys all reach out to me and you say, I don't think these shows need to have drama every night. And I don't believe they do either. I think on New York or Potomac, you can watch those episodes. And they're fun to me. New York is fun, even though there's no drama. Same with Potomac. I like when there's no drama. You know, Atlanta, I think some of the best episodes is just when they're funny and they're just being... But on Dallas, I don't feel like I get the energy, even from the confessionals. Like, I'm not getting, like, the dynamic personality energy that I need for an episode to not be dramatic. So when the episodes aren't dramatic, I'm like, well, what are we doing here? Because, you know, I'm not laughing a lot. I did love Tiffany's uh, umbrella helmet. I love Tiffany, you guys. I love Tiffany. I love Andrew. I think Cam is a great housewife. Carrie seems to be wanting to give us something. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too hard on them, but God bless. You know, they're filming a pandemic, so they got to, yeah, it's tough. I understand it must be tough. Uh, so my heart goes out to them and that man with the small dick who does stuff with Bigfoot. My heart goes out to him too, because he didn't deserve this. You know, and Carrie was uh, complaining about him hunting, but then she's eating the hot dog and she was like asking for a hamburger. I'm like, I don't get this. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. That's why I believe that Carrie was just trying to get a storyline going. She's like, I just got to do something. She didn't even care what it was. She's just like, you got a small dick and I don't like meat. That's what she is. <laughs> you know what? Everyone has a story. And that man, uh, he showed up and he certainly has a story as well. Everyone has a story. Different as night and day. Sorry, I just had to play that. You guys, I feel like I haven't played that in a while. Okay, I want to get to my interview with Tia. You guys, I hope you'll stick around. I want to thank everyone for the kind words about the interviews we've done recently on the show. So many of you reached out about Gail. That was a great interview, wasn't it? For Top Chef fans, if you haven't listened, it's great. Gail spills tea on the production side of things. It's really, really wonderful. And Rachel Bilson, who was just a gem. I loved her, and I feel like she's my new best friend. Uh, she's from, of course, the OC. So thank you all for the kind words. And this Tia interview is wonderful as well. I love, I fell in love with Tia. And we talk twitches, we talk sister, sister, family reunion, all that stuff. So please stick around, enjoy. I'm going to leave you guys with this. If you want any of the Everything Iconic merch, go to everythingiconic.store. We have great stuff, great Mother's Day gifts. Get your mom a Queen Icon Legend t shirt. You know, it makes a great gift. We got Queen Icon Legend wine glasses, face masks, the whole thing. So, Great Mother's Day gift. And with that said, I will leave you guys all with this chat. Uh, I love you. Stay safe. And uh, please enjoy my chat with Tia Mori from Netflix's family reunion. And sister, sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. I'm so excited because my guest today is someone I grew up just uh, idolizing, loving, enjoying. Uh, Tia Mori. Tia, how are you today? Oh, my gosh. I'm great. And you know what? I have to say, you said my last name perfectly. Oh, good. Like, because some people say Maori, uh, but I was like, okay, he really is a true fan here. He knows how to say my last name. <laughs> Tia, you have no idea. Like, I'm going to try not to fangirl <laughs> at all, but like, Aww. I, of course, grew up with a sister, sister. I mean, and mm-hmm. which has had this amazingly beautiful renaissance now with, with Netflix. Is it weird that all the, your work from uh, so long ago is now resonating with so many people? Again? No, you know, it's not weird at all. It's, it's so um, rewarding, to be honest with you, because you know, like when you're working, and when you're doing what you have to do, you're in the zone. And sometimes you don't even, you know, think about it. But I remember when one of my friends told me who actually works at Netflix, he was like, Tia, you know, you have three shows right now that are trending in the top 10 on Netflix. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, you do. And I just started to just, you know, give myself a little pat on the back. Sometimes we, you know, we work so hard and and we don't celebrate um, our successes. And I was like, okay, Tia, this is, this is pretty cool. This, this is like evidence. I mean, evidence, should I say that you've been working for years. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, you know, the new season of family reunion just dropped and it's it's so so good and so wonderful and people love it but i'm so fascinated by loretta divine like to me she's one of the greatest actors we have like i just think she's everything um what is it like working with her you said everything she is everything um working like her working with her is it's a dream it's a gift just to be standing in her presence um, I learn from her every single day, not just, you know, what she does in, in front of the camera, but what she does and how she carries herself behind the camera. Um, she works so hard and she loves what she does. And she is just, you know, she's a pro. She really, really is. And 
I get excited to read the scripts just to see what the show is about, but I also get excited to read the scripts to see what they have her doing in the show. And when I'll read it, I'm like, oh, she not, she's not going to do that. Like, she's totally not going to do that. <laughs> and she does. Like, I'm like, okay, so she is going to, like, dunk a basketball. Like, she's so... <laughs> She's the and best. She is. She's the best. And what I love about her is she gives 110% in everything that she's doing. And she's funny. Like she is so funny. Is she, <laughs> she, I know she's singing on the show uh, this season, but like, does she sing around set? Like I would just want, I'd be like Loretta, like give me a little dream girls or something. Oh my gosh. So she's always singing and dancing on set, but I will say this when, when the cameras aren't rolling, She'll do little, you know, little songs here and there, but it's almost like, it's like, you gotta, you know, you gotta pay her to do it. You know, yeah, she's, yeah. It's, this is, this is something that, that she don't give out for free. You know right. what I mean? Cause she's so talented and, and it's just so wonderful, but there are moments and times when she'll just kind of bolt and, and sing and it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, I would imagine uh, for me, I mean, I would, it would be a dream come true to work with someone like her. And I'm sure you've worked with so many other legends, you know, people like Jack Hay, who I love too, oh. of course, and Sister Sister. But are there, do you have a list of people that you're still like, oh man, I really want to work with them in some capacity? Ooh. Like who's on that dream list for you? Oh, that's a really, really good question. Thank you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I absolutely have always admired and looked up to, uh, let's just say this. I'm really jealous that my brother, Taj Mori, he's actually working with Viola Davis. Uh. So Taj, he ended up booking this uh, pilot for ABC called Black Don't Crack. And I have always been a fan of Viola Davis. She is so incredibly talented and he's like working with her. It's her show, her and her husband, um, it's their production company. And I'm like, to be able to work with Viola Davis, and I actually met Viola Davis with Loretta Devine, because everybody knows everybody in the business at a party. And, you know, they know each other very well. Um, but to be able to work with Viola Davis would be cool. And I've also looked up to Halle Berry. You know, Halle Berry, I'm actually following her on Twitter, not Twitter, um, Instagram. And when she started following me back, I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. But I've met her years ago and she's always been so incredibly humble and just kind um she's an ohio gal i'm an ohio boy she's an ohio gal and so i i feel she's got that midwest energy which i like yeah yes yes she's she's incredible so i would love to work with Halle berry you mentioned your brother uh, forgive me if i'm getting this wrong but you and your sister were sort of discovered on the full house set that he was working on right is that the story how did that happen that that is the story. So my sister and I, we came out to LA from Texas to pursue an acting career. My brother wasn't even in the picture yet, um, meaning wanting to, you know, be in the business. But for some reason, when he when he came um to LA, you know, with us, he just took off and he took off before we did. And so he booked um Full House. And my mom, you know, we didn't have a babysitter. And she would just have us hang out on set. So while my brother Taj was filming and doing his thing, you know, they have those bleachers where the audience would sit. And that's where my sister and I, we would sit. Sometimes we would even, um, we would babysit the Olsons, the Olsen twins. It was really cool to kind of just hang out in their dressing room and kind of just like take care of them for a minute. Um, 
Was Elizabeth so, Olsen around at this point or was she not even? No, you know what? I never, I never saw her. Cause I know that she's, is she older or younger than the twins? She, I think I'm, she's younger. She's younger for sure. Oh, yeah. she is. She's younger. She might not have been around yet. But, uh, so we were discovered on my brother's, uh, on, on that set, the full house set. And it was one of, um, her name was Irene Dreyer. And I don't know how she got on the set. I don't know if, you know, she knew someone, of course she had to know someone there, but she had seen my sister and I, and, um, she had talked to my mom and she was like, you, you have twin daughters. And my mom's like, yeah, cool. She was like, this is special. So then we ended up meeting up with Suzanne Dupass and Suzanne Costin, um, who actually Suzanne Dupass, she helped um, create, not really create, but discover the Jackson five. Wow. So we were so thrilled and excited to meet Suzanne Dupass. And if you watch sister, sister, it's uh, Suzanne Dupass entertainment. And so that's how it all started. It was just being discovered. Crazy, right? It's crazy. You know, I'm a big 90s junkie too in general. Mm. And did you see that 90s documentary that Soleil Moon Fry did on Hulu? No. And um, I, I know Soleil. I actually I worked with Soleil on um I worked with Soleil on an animated series called Bratz, like in 2005, like years ago. And I love her. She's so amazing. No, I didn't. Tia, you got to go watch it. It's called Kid 90. And there's so many people that are uh, huge stars now, but she had footage from her youth that we get to see everyone. And and there's a lot of sadness too, because, you know, being child stars, there's been so many people who have, who have left us too soon. Mm And, uh, but it's, it's this fascinating footage that, uh, and a beautiful narrative too. She talks about uh, mm. when she was in the industry, you know, she had her, a breast reduction because she was so sexualized from such a young yes. age. Mm. Uh, did you and your mm-hmm. sister, how did you guys navigate, uh, you know, going through mm. Hollywood at such a young age? Because you two were pretty, uh, from what I recall, out of the tabloid scene and, and yes. stuff like that. Was that purposeful? Yes. or? Well, um, I'll keep it short and sweet. We had parents who were, Military. <laughs> we had parents who were so incredibly strict. Right. And, um, you know, my mom and my dad, they they um, loved that our dreams were coming true. But still to this day, they're like, that's awesome. That's great. But what's more important to me is who you are as a person. It's your integrity. It's it's your character. It's how you treat other people. That is what wows them. Um, so they really kept us grounded. We had chores throughout Sister Sister. I always tell this one story where, you know, I had my makeup done. I had put on a gown, and I was going to the Phantom of the Phantom of the Opera. You know, at the Pantages Theater, and. Uh, right before I was leaving out of the house, my, I was with my sister and our friend and my mom was like, where do you think you're going? I'm like, we're like, we're going out. You know, she's like, Oh, you're not going anywhere until you finish playing in this kitchen. (laughs) So literally I'm in my makeup and with my, you know, my dress and I have a broom and you know, a dustpan sweeping the floor and our friend she took a photo of us doing that because she was like i want people to see that this is how t and smear live like 
Yes, they, my mom was like, I don't care. You got these Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. You guys are, you know, stars or celebrities. But at home, you're still you are out. my, yeah, my, you're my daughters, Tia and Tamara, who have, you know, responsibilities. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, when you transitioned out of the sister, sister era, what did you feel like it was challenging or um, did you yes. feel a, a pressure to kind of do something different or tell me about that experience? Um, yes. So I did. I, the, the transition from going from a child actor to, you know, being an adult um, or even just trying to do something different was very difficult. And I feel like that's the blessing and the curse that comes with being a child actor, especially when you're on such a hit show. Sister Sister was so popular. And even to, the, to this day, it is still, it resonates with so many people. And it's hard to get that out of people's heads and, and see you in a different light. But again, I give a lot of credit to my parents. They were like, you know what, you guys just need to grow up grow up, experience life, go to college. That's exactly what we did. We went to Pepperdine University. We, I studied there for, for a long time. I studied abroad, uh, traveled the world, went to Nice, um, Spain, Italy, and just lived, lived my life. And after that, I want to say maybe seven years, that was when I evolved into this young woman after doing sister sister. And then I was able to apply my own personal experiences to a role, um, Melanie Barnett on, you know, the game. And I ended up booking, you know, that show. And I did that show for five years and I feel so grateful to be given that opportunity, but I had to work really hard. I remember auditioning and going in that uh, room and you know, the executive uh, producer or the creator, Mar Brock Kills, she was like, she looked at me like, you do know what this show is about, right? You do know, she actually said, you do know how I write, which was, you know, she was, you know, she was a little controversial and she was all about uh, women embracing their, you know, sexuality or, and I'm like, I was like, I'm a grown woman. Like, I'm not this little girl anymore. So my point is, is that I didn't rush the moment. I didn't feel like I had to be someone that I was not. And I did see a lot of that. I saw a lot of young child stars after their, you know, family show that they've done, they'll be on the cover of some magazine, either nude or, and, you know, not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that just wasn't the route that I wanted to go. I wanted to grow up and, um, you know, um, be true to who I was and who I am as a person. And then, see where I fit in, in this, in this entertainment world. You know, when I think of shows like the game, sister, sister, family reunion, now there's such like comfort food and throughout this past Mm -hmm. year, everything's been so tough that I find myself Mm -hmm. uh, gravitating towards those types of uh, entertainment. And, and I always think about you guys who are making that for us and it must feel really gratifying, particularly Mm -hmm. in the past year, two years or whatever. Uh, yeah, that you're able to provide us that like warm hug in a weird way. Uh, you know, that as I've gotten older, I've started to realize and understand my purpose in this business. And of course, I love to act. Of course, I love to entertain and put a smile on people's faces. Right. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's not just about me. It's exactly what you just said. Television 
it speaks and moves so many people. And if I can be able to give someone that virtual hug, especially in the times that we are living in now, or, you know, there are some people, not some, many people, they're like, Tia, you, you taught me English, you know, when I moved to um, America and I'm like, wow, like those are the things that are profound to mm-hmm. me and that keep me doing what I'm doing today. It's, it's not just about myself, you know, it's not just about me. Of course, I love to do what I do, but it, it, it's become even more purposeful. So for you to say that, it puts a smile on my face and, um, you know, it's it's beautiful. Look, I was also- It's not sm- weird at all. I was also smiling watching the new season of Family Reunion because you have all these housewives on that I I'm a big housewives junkie. And I you know have, you are. I know you have Candace from Potomac. You have Kenya Moore from the Real Houses Atlanta and Brandy Glanville from yeah. uh, Beverly Hills Housewives. What yeah. were they like to work with? Were they a nightmare or were they oh, on their good gosh. behavior? You know they're so funny these these girls and and <laughs> <laughs> let me just tell you this without getting into too much trouble they definitely you know, would come to me and kind of give me the backstory of like what's going on in their world, you know? Um, <laughs> they're obsessed with their like, shows. They're like, yeah, obs- and, they're, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. All right. Got it. You know, but they were so, <laughs> when I say they were so professional, it's one of my favorite scenes out of the whole season. Like I will sit so and funny. I will watch that scene over and over and over again, because they're so funny. They were so, the word that I'm trying to look for, they were so dedicated to getting their lines right. Um, very professional. And they're great. Like they were great. They were, yeah. and, you know, Candace in particular, we were so blown away with how she was able to put on this French accent and like to just get into character. It was just, she's, she's good. great. And, yeah. her, and Kenya, when she said "bye wig," I was like, "She's not." Honestly, I don't know who wrote that, but there was like a housewife lover who wrote that whole episode because there was a lot of little like things where I was like, "Okay, yeah. I understand this," but I don't know if wrong everyone road. else will. Wrong right, road. right, wrong, wrong. <laughs> so good. I want my dream of dreams is that next season we get like another one of those, maybe with some new housewives, uh, bring them back. I don't know. Yes. Uh, Tia, I gotta ask, um, what's going on with the Sister Sister reboot? I need it. And it ha- I, I want it. What's I happening? Know. There's a rights issue <laughs> yes. or something. How do we make it yes. work? So that was, you know, I have to say it was very disappointing because my sister and I, we had spent a lot of our time, you know, being in these offices and pitching, and we even had a showrunner and everything. We had everything planned out. Um, what was the reboot gonna had- be about? So the reboot was basically just going to be about my sister and I um, as adults, you know, one was married and then one was divorced. And then the divorced one um, had to move in with the one that was married because she had, you know, no foundation, no, um, uh, you know, place to stay. And so it was just kind of uh, just you know, her kind of starting all over and then finding herself again under, you know, one of the sister's roofs um, at her home. And it was great. It was funny. Um, we wanted it to be mature, but still sister, sister-esque. Um, but it all, it just was, it just halted, literally halted when we found out that some rights, uh, some rights weren't necessarily smoothed out. 
And that's something that we can't control. Right. Um, but then, of course, you know, um, when you're developing something, it takes time. So we were work on, working on it for like maybe two years. And then after that happened, then some other opportunities came about, you know, um, and then life has life continues to move forward and, and go on. So hopefully, you know, we will eventually maybe do something together. Maybe it, it won't be called sister, sister. Maybe it'll be, you know, something else. So we don't have to worry about rights or anything like that. Um, but we'll Can see. Can we still get Jack K in there? Oh, of course. Okay. Have you noticed that every, yeah, every television show that I've done, except for the game, I believe, Jack A has been a part of. So I her. did, of course, Sister, Sister. Then I did the game, but then I did Instant Mom for Nickelodeon. Jack A was on that. And then Jack A was also on Family Reunion. Now you want to see two people uh, together behind the scenes, Jack A and Loretta Devine. I didn't realize <sighs> they had so much history until when they had come um, on the set together, when they were on the set together for Family Reunion. And I just love sitting back and just watching legends just tell yeah. their story, um, you know, because there's so much history with both of them. Tia, you're a legend too. I mean, you've been doing this for oh. so long. I have so many questions. I know I got to I gotta let you go here. I don't want to keep you too long. But, no. <laughs> uh, you know, you had a, recently on social media opened up a little bit about your mental health. And I thought it was so mm. beautiful that you did that. I talk a lot about mental health oh, on here. You. Were you nervous to discuss that part of you or did you feel pretty good about it? You must've gotten a great response. Yes. You know, I learned that being like everything that I do, I love to inspire. Like, again, that's where my motive motivation comes uh, from to just be doing what I'm doing, being an entertainer. I love to inspire. I love to motivate. And I learned uh, a few years back, I want to say maybe like in 2013, um, I became vulnerable about opening up um, about having endometriosis, which is a highly inflammatory condition that can cause infertility. That was extremely vulnerable for me. And at first, I didn't know if I wanted to share that side of me. But I'm so happy I did. Because with that, um, I was able to encourage so many people and also as I'm encouraging other people, they're encouraging me. So I've, I've learned that formula and I've fallen in love with that formula. So I love being open and sharing, um, you know, the reality of life. And I think it's also as an entertainer, I feel like our world is so obsessed with perfection and I want to change that narrative. Um, I don't like bullying whatsoever. And when I, I consider it bullying, when I gained weight after having my child and my children, you know, it's, it's just so mind boggling how people could be so unkind to, to one another. So anyway, my point is, is I want to change that narrative of perfection. You know, we are all human beings and we are all the same. We're not the same meaning we all have different journeys and experiences, but we also share a lot of experiences together. And instead of putting down one another, we should come together and help each other. So if I can share my story and say, you know what, I'm just like you, like I have my struggles. Um, I get anxious. I have, I actually have really bad anxiety issues. I'm in therapy. Um, and it's been very beneficial. And 
that's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I thought it was beautiful. You opening up about therapy because I think it's still to this day, people, uh, you know, they have trouble with the idea of it, with the idea of Mm -hmm. it. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Tia, I could ask you about mistletones, <laughs> yeah. twitches. You know, I grew up with all of that stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to, but I'd like a twitches three. Okay. Oh, I would love, man. Let me tell you, I had so much fun doing that damn series. Like, I'm a huge fan of magical things like Harry Potter and all of that. So when Tamara and I got the opportunity to play these twin witches again, it never, it never felt like work. You know what I mean? It was just so much fun. And if we could do a Twitches three, I am all down for it. I'm there. It was so much fun. I'm there. And also for Mistletones too, because I love, that's a Tori Spelling Atia classic. You know, we actually tried to pitch that. Uh, Tori Spelling and I, we, we got together um, during quarantine over the phone. Um, and we got the producers together and we were like, yo, do you want to do this? And we were like, yes, we totally should do this. And then it just went away. Like, that's okay. the thing that's just so crazy Tia. about this. Biz- I know. Yeah, it has I to know. happen this, this Christmas or next. I need it. <sighs> was it going to be a Christmas we, thing? It was going to be Christmas too, right? It was going to be Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it was okay. going to be Christmas and we wanted to do it, but. Okay, Hollywood needs to straighten up. Uh, I, yes. <laughs> you have so many things going on. So I want to just quickly mention, you host your own YouTube channel, TM uh, Maury's Quick Fix. Mm-hmm. You have a mm-hmm. new cookbook coming out soon. When is that coming out? Yes, that's coming out in September and it's called The Quick Fix Kitchen. So we can pre-order um, it now, right? You can pre-order it now. Yes, you can. I will be on a line pre-ordering it as soon as we're done here. And you Yay! have a new Homewares <laughs> collection, Spice by Tia. I do. So, and it's coming spring, summer ish. Do we have a date yes. for that? Um, well, I can't give away too much information, but what you just said, uh, definitely look out for that spring. I would say more summer. She's Let's busy. just say that more summer. Yes, You're she busy. is. Um, but it's called Spice by Tia. And it's when I say that this line is so beautiful and gorgeous. But again, I just want to inspire people to have fun, get into the kitchen, um, not look at it as an overwhelming experience. And I got you. You know what I mean? I'm helping you with all the essential tools that you need to have to get 
that party started in the kitchen. I got the cookbook. So you have the recipes Then you're going to have, you know, the cookware. So you're set. Right. Ah, I love that. Tia, the last two <laughs> things, these are just two quick lightning round questions. I ask all of my guests, the number one, their favorite okay. Mariah Carey song. And also uh, if you were choosing sexiest man alive for people magazine, who would you choose? Okay. Mariah Carey. Uh, I give my all to have just one more night with you. I'd risk my life to be ill. <laughs> you think I'm going to stop anyway. you, but I won't. I'll keep you going. <laughs> I love that song. And then I'll say my husband, the sexiest man alive. Like my husband is, you know, not only is he beautiful to me, but when I think of a sexy man, um, I think of someone who is beautiful also on the inside. He is such an incredible father. He is present. He's also my biggest supporter. And I really wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for his support. Um, your husband on the and, show, not to not to cut you off, but your husband on Family <laughs> Reunion is also very sexy, but that's neither here nor there. Do you know? <laughs> Wait, you know what's so funny? So many people tell me they're, they're like, Tia, my gosh. And it's like, I know Anthony. Yes, he's good looking. Um, but we have so much yeah, fun together. Like you know what I mean? He's you, just yeah. he, he's like he's like a, a goofball, you know what I mean? We have so much fun together. Um, but I would totally not that a goofball is not sexy, um, but yeah. I would totally I would say my husband. Yeah. Well, Tia, this was such an honor to get to chat with you. I, I'll let you go, oh, but we'll keep you. an eye out for all of that wonderful stuff and I'll uh, post the information on our website as well. But thank you so oh, much for taking the time. So Truly a pleasure. And thank you for entertaining oh. me for all of these years. Like it, oh. it, Honestly, I, I, what an honor. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>